Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Thank you so much, worship team. Wednesday night, we had a powerful service as um, evidenced by the half a pulpit. Uh, greetings to Costa Rica. Greetings to Dillingham, greetings to Washington State, to California, to Florida, all those that are online, those that listen at a later date, we're so glad. Those that are social distancing in the parking lot on 1610 a.m. and all of you here, we're so glad you're here. Zechariah, please, chapter 6, if you would. Zechariah 6, I'm going to read from the New International Version, these 15 verses, and get into a profound passage of Scripture. I hope you brought a steak knife. Pastor Karen, I'm going to use your glasses. Please. They'll be all right. It's okay. You got it. Thank you. Because I've got like a six-point font. <laughs> Glory to God. Look at that. I could like stand back here and read it. Okay. Thank you, dear. Zechariah 6, verse 1. I looked up again, and there before me were four chariots coming out of, from between two mountains, mountains of bronze. The first chariot had red horses, the second black, the third white, the fourth dappled, all of them powerful. All of them what? Powerful. Verse 4. I asked the angel who was speaking to me, what are these, Lord? The angel answered me, these are the four spirits of heaven going out from standing in the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Verse 6. The one with the black horses is going toward the north territory, the one with the white horses toward the west, and the one with dappled horses towards the south. When the powerful horses went out, they were straining to go throughout the earth. And he said, go throughout the earth. So they went throughout the earth. And he called to me, look. Those going towards the north country have given my spirit rest in the land of the north. The word of the Lord came to me, take silver and gold from the exiles of Heldiah, Tobijah, and Jediah, who have arrived from Babylon. Go, to the same, go the same day to the house of Josiah, son of Zephaniah. Take silver and gold and make a crown. Set it on the head of the set it on the head of the high priest, the son of Zehodek. Verse twelve. Tell him this is what the Lord Almighty says. Here is a man whose name is the branch, and he will branch out from this place and build the temple of the Lord. It is he who will build the temple of the Lord. He'll be clothed with majesty, and will sit and rule on his throne. And he will be a priest on his throne, and there will be harmony between the two. The crown will be given to Heldiah, Tobijah, Jediah, and Hen, the son of Zephaniah, as a memorial. As a what? As a memorial in the temple of the Lord. Those who far away will come to help to build the temple of the Lord, and you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. This will happen if you diligently obey the Lord your 
God, let's pray. Father, I thank you. Move in great power right now, I ask in the name of Jesus, that we would never be the same as a result of the preaching of your word. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you'd come. Release marvelous, your marvelous presence and anointing, an unction to be able to communicate, God. Anoint these lips of clay. Anoint all of our ears to hear and the heart to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This passage is so profound on so many levels, and I am going to do my best to simply make it plain to you in a message I've entitled on this anniversary Sunday, Divine Partnership, Divine Partnership. Now, all of us fight battles, and whether you realize it or not, you're in a battle. You're like, no kidding. Some of you are like, I am? Yeah, no, you are. You're in a battle, and it's not with flesh and blood. We're all in a battle. And as a church, write in your notes. Now, we do have notes that are being passed out. We do that so that you can um, commit this to a greater degree of memory and perhaps even preach this to somebody else and refer back to it in days ahead to remind yourself of what was said today, divine partnership. God wants to bring you into a divine partnership. He really does. And that really is the, the method that he has for changing the earth. That's the method he has for changing your life. Divine partnership is the method he has for bringing his kingdom. As a church, all of us want God to fulfill his will through us. How many of you want God to fulfill his will in your life? All right. John 4, we talked about on Sunday, about how, uh, pardon me, on Wednesday, about how Jesus must needs go to Samaria. He had a divine appointment in Samaria. And he went there, and, and you should go and hear that message. It was a powerful word about the harvest and about having a vision for the harvest and how God uses people, how God, you could have called that divine partnership too, and how God uses people. And you can't lose the vision of the harvest. To say not four more months, but, but now is the time. Today is the day of salvation that the harvest is ripe. Come on, somebody say the harvest is ripe. Never before in all of human history have more people longed for deliverance and freedom and transformation. And we have that. That is what God offers to each and every one who will come to him. And, and after you come to him, as we've said, he loves you so much. You know, you come to him just the way that you are, but he loves you so much he refuses to leave you that way. And he makes you like Jesus so that you can be an agent of transformation and change to all who come in contact with you. God is bringing about displays of his power, supernatural blessings, supernatural favor. I heard testimonies this week. Another, another person healed of cancer. You know, they had a horrible report and, and, and went through some treatment. And then it came back, went and got tested, and oh, they're wrong. It's gone into remission, which means we don't know where it is. How many of you know Jesus is a healer? And yet, as it says in Isaiah chapter 60, darkness covers the earth. COVID-19 cases on the rise, except here. Cases on the rise all over the world. You know, there's darkness everywhere. There's, there's racial divides and violence, wars, rumors of wars, or earthquakes. And yet Isaiah says that arise and shine for the glory of the Lord 
will shine upon you. And that really is the message of the good news of Jesus, that God's glory will shine upon you even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the midst of difficulty and pain, even in the midst where you don't, you don't know which way to turn, you don't know what to do. God's power, God's light, His Word will shine upon us by the power of His Spirit to blaze a trail before us. He'll hem us in before and behind, and the glory of the Lord will be our rear guard. I love what Isaiah 60, 22 says then all your people will be righteous. They will possess the land forever. Everybody say forever, forever. The shoot I have planted, the works of my hands for the display of my splendor. I want you to say God's made to me, made me to be a display of his splendor. Ready? God's made me to be a display of his splendor. So the wind, come on. This little lot of mine. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You're supposed to be a display of the light of God shining through you. A city on a hill is not to be covered. So, this text is profound, and I uh, have to be careful. I've spent many hours studying this, as the Lord led me to. I have to be careful to not give you so much that you choke. I want to give you something that we, whenever I, I'm not trying to wow you with my intellectual prowess. I'm not sure I have any of that. But, but I want to be sure to give you something that, that ministers to you on a deep level, whether it's your first time here, whether you've been going to church for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Message number one, there's two messages and they come together. Message number one, the four chariots coming out from between the two mountains. Now, I'm going to teach this to you. Uh, in the context of how it was given to uh, Zechariah. And then I'm going to tie it in to a prophetic word that God has for us on this anniversary Sunday and the call that we have upon us as a church and as a people, as a family. So the four chariots, red, black, white horses, dappled horses, they're these strong steeds. They're, they're, they seem to be different than Zechariah 1, which are these horses that go on this reconnaissance mission. These are horses, chariots, four spirits, angels, really, that go into the earth, and they appear to be bringing judgment of sorts. And it ties into Daniel 2, Revelation 6. Uh, the unusual, pardon me, the usual scriptural symbolism, red speaks for war, black speaks of famine and death, white speaks of victory, dappled speaks of pestilence. And the four horsemen the two and the two bronze mountains is a picture of heaven. Now, you can read all kinds of uh, scholarly writings about this, and they say that the two mountains are the Mount of Olives and, and the Mount Zion, and, and uh, I don't believe that's the case. You know, when you read commentaries, not every commentary you read is true. And some people that write commentaries actually have no viable relationship with the Lord, and they're not filled with the Spirit either, who is the Spirit of truth to lead you. And you can come up with all kinds of ideas that even, even seemingly match in Scripture, but that's not God's intention of what he's saying. And so these mountains of bronze, they, they, they certainly could be associated with strength. They could be associated with judgment. But it's a picture, really, of heaven. And um, if you look in Ezekiel, you don't need to go there, Ezekiel 28, 14, these mountains, the, the mountain that Lucifer falls from, if I could say it that way, he falls from heaven, but it talks about this mountain that he, come, that he falls from, it could be a picture of a, of a portal or an entranceway of the release of, of angels. But really, we don't know. So when we get there, we, we'll, we'll find out. It could be a portal of sorts. But 
If you look at C, God's authority and power affects the whole world. Listen, know this in application. God is absolutely in control of the election. He's absolutely in control of every infinitesimal detail. Certain things are conditional. Certain things are unconditional. You could backslide to hell today if you want to, but Jesus is still coming back. The promise that you have over your life is conditional upon whether you obey it or not. I believe that the elections can go either way depending upon whether people pray or not. I believe that. I, I, I believe that God has a, a plan that's going to come about, and, and I'm contending for that. He will come and split the eastern sky no matter what any of us do, he's going to come back in a twinkling of eye at the sound of a trumpet. There's going to come the rapture. And you, maybe, you be, maybe you'll be in it, maybe you won't. That's up to you. That's, that's conditional. Unconditional is it's going to happen. Somebody say it's going to happen. Now the timing of that appears that we can hasten his return, says the New Testament writer. But God's authority and power affects the whole earth affects the whole earth. And uh, Zechariah, if you understand what's happening here, the, these are really angels. And the picture is, this is how I understand it. The picture is that, that they're moving quickly with power and authority. This, these steeds, these horses on chariots, the four spirits of heaven, these, they're angels. If Zechariah is to be using terminology from today, it would be the four spirits got on Learjets and headed to the four corners of the world. Just think about it that way. So his, his angels are being released. And one of the things I continually hear in my prayer closet is the Lord saying this, I'm releasing angel armies. I'm releasing angel armies. I mean, over and over. I could be like minding my own business, pouring a cup of coffee, and he'd be, I'm releasing angel armies. This happened probably 15 times over the past week. I'm like, Amen. I mean, I think he's trying to tell me something. How many of you know when he tells you something that you think you know already, but he tells you again, he's telling you something else. Like when he said to Joshua, he said, uh, Moses is dead. Yeah, I know. How many of you think that Joshua knew Moses was dead in the book of Joshua chapter one? Yeah, he knew. He said, Moses is dead. I, I know, I, I, I know that. Yeah, what you don't know is you in charge. Be strong and courageous. You get the idea. It says it like, how many times he say be strong and courageous? God's trying to tell us something that he's at work. I heard one prophet friend of mine say that the fires in California are judgment. Could be. You know, the thing is that you can't continue to make laws and do things. I'm not picking on California that we easily could, but you can't continue to make laws. You can't continue to do things that are wrong and not expect a, a spanking. Come on, if you raise your kids and they don't do the right thing and you just let them get away with it, what, what makes you think they're actually going to serve God? You have to train a child the way it should go, and many times the seat of their understanding is where they get that, that learning, that training. So is it judgment that's being released? In the, I'm sure that judgments are being released in the earth. Those whom the Lord loves, he chastises. That's a, the chastisement is a form of judgment. So if you haven't been rebuked by the Lord this week, you might be illegitimate. I was going to use some King James right there. <laughs> but I'm not going to. 
four horsemen, two bronze mountains, picture of heaven. God's authority and power affects the whole earth. The north country is is um, usually that well the enemies of Israel came from the north more, more often times than not and it's a picture that God is going to give them rest for their enemies that's the first message the second message right in your notes it says make a crown from the gifts from the exiles that's interesting now understand what's taking place understand that the Cyrus decree has been given that's you find that in Isaiah 44, 45. I will say it's interesting that President Trump is the 45th president of the United States, and he, unlike others who have gone before him, actually moved the, the, um, uh, the embassy of the United States of America to Jerusalem, actually acknowledging the fact that Jerusalem is, is, the, is the seat of that place. I mean, what an incredible thing. Many spoke about it, said there would be all kinds of wars. There ain't no war. Come on, I'm just going to tell you, bold, confident believers will make you. Are you saying he's a believer? I hope he is. I pray he is. I heard he is. He sure needs to maybe clean up some of his flip comments and his tweets. But then again, I've heard some of you talk, so. Whoa! What kind of Christian would talk like that? That's a good question. Come on, someone say, the Lord knows. And it's interesting that this decree, some have called him Osiris. I, I don't know. I just know that God is moving in the earth in a way that's unprecedented throughout all of history. And he's releasing angelic army, angels, if you will, all around the earth. To, to bring in a great harvest. To, to see God's will be brought about in the nations of the earth. And he receives these gifts or to make this crown. And this gets fascinating from the exiles. Now, they had been exiled to, to Babylon, but the 70 years that Jeremiah prophesied, how many of you following me? Now, you might need to go back and read up and learn a little bit. I, in the early years of my walk, I would hear some messages that had some depth to it, and then I would go back and go, well, I wonder what that means, and then I'd just go and have lunch and forget about it. No, no, don't. When you hear things that you don't understand that I'm saying to you right now, go back, listen to it. This is broadcasted on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, podcast. It's all over the place. And you can take your notes and you can go back and listen to it again. Now, what was that? 70 years? I've never heard of that. 70, and you can go back and you can see how Jeremiah prophesied. Well, Pastor Karen just taught on it. By the land. But Babylon's encamped on the land. Why? Because they're going to take you all into captivity for 70 years. Could just go on a tangent preaching about 70 years and on and on and on. The 70-year history of Israel becoming a nation on the day. That's when we moved our embassy. I'm just telling you there's too much prophetic things happening in the earth that most people miss. And so you used to, to make a crown from these exiles who have come back. So the 70 years is over. Cyrus makes a decree, return to Jerusalem. They go back to rebuild the temple. And, and they get started, but then it's delayed. They get started with the foundation within about two years of returning. It's all paid for by, by the king. And they're about two years, two and a half years, and then there's this 21-year delay. 20, can you imagine? Wally. I thought we'd be done with our building by now, but we've had all kinds of challenges and problems and we've overcome everyone and there's more ahead of us and we'll overcome those too. Somebody ought to say amen. 
Because when God calls you to it, he'll anoint you right through it and he'll provide for the whole thing. Come on, somebody. Don't, don't you get all worried and concerned. Somebody said, um, the building, is that a, a point of, um, is it a sore spot for us? <laughs> what? Here, why don't you sit down and let me testify to you for a little bit. They just don't, they don't, they don't see much happening on the front. But there's a lot happening in the ground and on the inside. I'm just telling you, I viewed that thing. I saw, I saw boilers put in place this week. I saw the septic system put in place. I saw giant copper pipes put in place. I saw so much there. I was so encouraged. I saw our turbines that produce our own electricity and our own heat all put in place. They told me, oh, two weeks away or so, and the heat will be on, which is good because in two weeks, you better have some heat. Come on, come on, somebody. Come on, give them a praise today. So they come back. You know, the, the word of the Lord comes. I mean, there's so much there. Daniel, Daniel is in Babylon. How many of you remember Daniel? Not me or my son. Daniel, the, the, the prophet Daniel in the Old Testament. He reads from the scrolls, from the scriptures about Jeremiah's 70-year prophecy. And he's like, Jack, we're close to that. And so he starts praying, and it comes to pass. And they go back to rebuild. About two years to start, foundation. Then, then the, the Samaritans and the different ones wanted to bring a mixture of religion and mess them up. 21-year delay. And, and now Zechariah is prophesying to them, and he's saying, tell the exiles that they're to receive an offering from the exiles. And he receives that. And, and the names here are interesting. Heldiah means robust. Tobajah means God's goodness. Jediah means God knows. How many of you heard of J. Vernon McGee? He was against the, the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but I like what he said about this. McGee says that the intention is that God knows that through his goodness, he will put his king on the throne and he will do it in a robust manner. I, I like that because all of this ties into messianic prophecy which is absolutely profound. I look like I lost about half of you. Make a crown and set it on the head of Joshua the high priest. So the Joshua or Yeshua, the high priest. There's, it's, somebody said, isn't that Jesus' name? Yes, yes, yes. But this is talking about a high priest whose name is Joshua. And, and high priests don't wear the crown of the king ever. In fact, you can go to Chronicles, uh, I think it's first, second Chronicles, I, I forget, I, I didn't put it in my notes, but there's this king who, who decides to become a priest, and he ends up with leprosy the whole rest of his life. It's a picture of operating outside your anointing, outside of your gifting. It's not allowed for a high priest to operate as a king, at least a priest or a king from this earth. But it's, a, it's this prophetic type, this elaborate crown, this royal crown, on the head of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. What is it? So what are you saying? It's a prophetic act that the Messiah, the branch, and that, in fact, is the terminology used is the branch. Do you know what, do you know what that means? The branch. Everybody say the branch. What does that mean? How does that turn in that? How many of you call him Jesus the Nazarene? You know, in the New Testament, he's called what? Jesus of Nazareth or the Nazarene, Right? You know what Nazareth means? You know what Nazarene means? Guess. Branch. You got it right. That's exactly what it means. So when you read this and you see a king, a, a priest who would have a crown and he'll be the branch, he's talking about 
the Messiah. He's talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There can be no discussion about that. You see this branch terminology used in Zechariah 3.8. You see it in Isaiah 4.2. You see Isaiah 11.1 1, clearly talking about the Messiah. Jeremiah 23.5 and Jeremiah 33.15, the branch relates to the Messiah. The branch associated with fruitfulness and life. Oh, John 15. You, you, don't, you don't hear me. John 15, I am the branch and you are the vines, you know. Or the vine and the branch, the picture is the same. That apart from me, you can do nothing, but with him, there's great fruitfulness. It really is a beautiful picture. And the other thing that's said here, behold the man, if you look in the verses that we read, behold the man. In the Hebrew text, a prophecy begins with behold the man. That, that very terminology was what was used by Pilate. Behold the man, talking about Jesus. From this place, a branch out. It's a picture that the Lord builds the temple. And, and <laughs> you turn to Ephesians 2. Because <laughs> the temple isn't so much about a building now. In, in, in Zechariah's day, it certainly was. But in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, Now therefore you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household have been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, what building? The, the building of the house of the Lord, which has nothing to do with bricks and mortar and steel and insulation and a heating system, has everything to do with the body of Christ, has everything to do with you and me coming together, the nios of God, that each and every one of us are the dwelling place of God by the Spirit, and together we become the building of the Lord, if you can follow that. The whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple of the Lord in whom you are being built together for a dwelling place of God. Watch this, 1 Peter 2 and 5. You also, as living stones, are being built up to a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. So he'll be a priest on the throne of a king. It's an unthinkable concept in the Old Testament, but very much understood in the New Amen. And not only that, but he will also be the one who builds the temple in the millennial reign. And you can see that in Ezekiel 40 through 47. Are you, you guys aren't choking on all the scripture and stuff I'm giving you, I hope. The crown is a prophetic symbol, a prophetic symbol of his messiahship, of his rulership. And it'll be a memorial, right in your notes, a memorial, to remind people of the prophetic word and to remind people of the sacrifices of those who gave. Those afar off will help to build the temple of the Lord. He says, even those afar off shall come and build the temple of the Lord. This is the prophetic word in the day of Zechariah. But the promise that's given to Zechariah that he delivers to the people is conditional. It's what? It's conditional. And he says this in the final verse, verse 15. And it shall come, this shall come to pass if. It's covenant language. If you show up, work hard, punch a clock, then you get a paycheck. If you don't show up and punch a clock and work hard, no paycheck. If you obey, come on, it says, if you, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, all this will come to pass. 
That, listen, that gives us responsibility. That, that really is calling to us, for each and every one of us, a partnership. You'll notice that throughout this text, and not just this text, the whole Bible, the whole thing is God working with people, working with us, working with men, working with women, working with people who will obey and love Him with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. All right, God's speaking to us on this anniversary Sunday. God has ordained you to be alive right now. I want you to say that to your neighbor. Hey, you're alive right now. And if they're not, just bump them, wake them up. If they're not breathing, raise your hand. One of our ushers will come and raise them from the dead. Come on, God has ordained you to be alive right now at this time. Watch this scripture, Acts 17 and verse 26. And he made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings, that literally that means that the time frame that you and I are living in is actually pre-appointed by God. I know personally that I'm right on time. Come on, are you right? How many of you are right on time? Some of you aren't quite synced up with the plan of God, but if you'll repent and give your life to Jesus today for the first time or recommit, and then even if you are living for the Lord, some of you aren't really synced up with what he wants to do because we get so distracted. God has pre-appointed times. Pre-appointed times when COVID-19 hit, believe me, I hit my prayer closet. That, oh God, we're in a multi-million dollar building, uh, you know, building program. Like, I know he knows that. And I'm like, uh, Lord, uh, uh, you know, sometimes we just get so dull. There's so much evidence of the fingerprint of God. Come on, how many of you rolled your fingerprint across something? I see that all over our whole church, all over everything we're doing. And if you don't see that in your life, you better find the fingerprint of God. Or God's not standing over what you've authored. He doesn't, he doesn't stand over your opinion. He stands over what he's the author and the finisher. But if he didn't author it, he doesn't have to finish it. And I'll just tell you that when you're in the middle of a building project and you have a global pandemic, whether it be hyped up or fabricated and made in some lab, I mean, I don't know, bad soup, but I don't know. And it hits, you know, I know that God is taken by surprise, but I just got to this place like, oh, God, oh, Lord, oh, hallelujah. Lord, uh, like, are you going to come back so we don't have to finish, or what's happening? It's like, no, I'm not coming back right now. This is not the end. This is exactly what he told me. This is not the end. Your building's perfectly on time. You'll finish it. You'll have a great harvest. Thousands and thousands will come. You'll plant churches all over the world. Then the end will come. I don't Sweet, sweet, okay, awesome. How many of you know you got to hear from God? Though God's ordained us to be alive, but we have, we have to fight battles. We have to fight our battles. You have to fight the battle. You know, we took a vacation just recently. It's not much of a vacation. No, I mean, you know, we got on a roller coaster and almost threw up and had a great time. Drove around, preached a couple different places. You can't ever go on a vacation from spiritual warfare. You can't ever let your guard down. You, you have to keep your guard up. Some of you want to take a vacation from prayer. That's a recipe for death. I just want to, want to, you need to learn to find rest in the midst of the fray, in the midst of the battle. 
We've got to keep our focus on what God's called us to do. And I'll tell you what it is. It's reaching souls. It's reaching souls. The building is a tool. We'll finish the building, but it's we got to fill it with full of people. We are growing at an unprecedented rate. We'll continue to grow. We're going to reach 500 new people added to the church by December. It's already begun. We've got to constantly remind ourselves of what he's already done. Constantly remind yourself. I mean, they had to be a little bit discouraged with sand ballot and the different ones that are discouraging them, trying to get them to get some mixture of, of faith or come off the wall, Nehemiah. I need to talk to you, Nehemiah. He's like, I ain't coming down. I've got something important to do. Some of you need to tell people, I'm not coming down. Can't you come on, just come on with us on one Friday night? Sorry, can't. Doing something more important. I'm restoring my whole life, seeing my whole family saved. I'm building the kingdom of God. I can't go to the mugshot with you. I'm on a wall doing something far more important. Why don't you come with, hey, why don't you come with me on Sunday morning? Mugshot is a bar that's down the street. It sounds exactly like what it is. Got to remind yourself of what God's done. He brought them out of the house of bondage. He delivered them. He delivered them from 70 years of captivity. Has anybody been delivered? Has anybody been set free? And if you haven't, you're in the right place. God will help you. God will heal you. God will make you whole. God will put his word on the inside of you. God will fill you with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He'll cause you to be like a trumpet that everybody sees you, says, my God, what's going on with you? Oh, I'm saved. I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. My sins are no more. I've been redeemed. I'm a new creation. I'm no longer a drug addict. I'm no longer an alcoholic. I've been saved. I also don't drink and do drugs anymore. Come on, look at C. He has all authority and desires his authority to be manifested in the world. This picture of these spirits, these angels being released. Let me just correct something that I've heard in prayer not long ago. Lord, I send angels. You don't send any angels anywhere. Just thought I'd tell you. However, they go at his word they go. So when you speak his word and you can declare, angels are encamped around me because I'm, I'm righteous. And the Bible says that, he, that the angels look in on the things of salvation. That means whether your hair is standing on end right now or not. Whether you have acid, an acid stomach from all the pizza you ate last night or you're not feeling so good right now and you just need a touch from God or you're discouraged, you're still, there's angels all around us. We know that biblically. But you don't command any angels. God does the commanding. You pray his word. You stand on his word. You decree what we know about angelic protection. We, we decree that and angels are released. It's this picture that he has authority is to be manifested throughout the world. Now, let me just tell you how that happens. Certainly by his sovereignty. That means he does what he wants, when he wants to, wherever he wants to. But far too often, I've seen people, and even in my own life, I've rested on his sovereignty. Thank God he's good. I've rested on his sovereignty when he wanted me to get off of my, and, and begin to declare backside. Can I use that word, Pastor Karen? He wanted me to get off my hinder parts and pray and move in faith. God partners. It's a divine partnership. It's a what? A divine partnership. And Jesus is our king and high priest. Can you say amen? E, he will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. 
Just like he, they finished that temple, he will build the church. And please don't misunderstand me. Yeah, we're in a building project, but that's not the church. That's a building. We're using that. We will use that. We're using this one. This one's for sale, $2.5 million. If you'd like to purchase it, just come and talk to me at the end of service. And really, the church, the ecclesia is people. It really is. Jesus didn't die for buildings. He died for people. He will build his church, which is a picture of God building you. God building your family, your household. God changing you, changing your husband. We can make a memorial by giving. You'll notice he takes an offering, which I'm about to do. And, and literally in our giving, just like in Cornelius Acts 10, his giving came up as a memorial. You'll see throughout scripture, he allowed people to participate. I mean, David gave to the building of the temple, but he couldn't build it. There's a partnership, not only with people, but with God. And that when we participate by our giving, it comes up as a memorial before the Lord. I mean, that's amazing. I think when we get to heaven, we'd just be like, oh gosh, I should have done so much more. I was cheap. If I'd only known what it would have done. Anybody seen the movie Schindler's List? And they got together at the end of that. I was weeping at the end of that movie. If you haven't seen it, it's very intense. It's not for children, and I'm certainly not endorsing all parts to it. I don't recall it all. I just remember this man, Schindler, who had this list to try to get Jews out of Germany and rescue them, and he would do it one at a time, one at a time. And at the end, they had a celebration of all that he uh, brought out, and he, would, he just was so grieved that he couldn't get just one more, just one, just one more. I think that we ought to keep our eye on how important things really are. We can bring about a miracle from resources that you don't know. Guy said God can bring about a miracle from resources you don't know. I'm like, no kidding. I, I, I was reading that and had the thought, and I'm like, no kidding, because that's totally what's happened. I had somebody say to me, oh, yeah, that church, you're building that church? That's that rich church. And, 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 and instantly I thought, that's right. <laughs> No shame. Must be the rich in faith calling out of nothing. Come on, what we see by faith, God's manifesting in the natural. Oh, is it easy? Well, there's a battle over it for sure. God can bring miraculous resources that you don't even know about. And, and you see how God paid for the temple was amazing. He touched pagan kings to give. We have a role to play in fulfilling God's promise. Watch this. Isaiah 6, uh, pardon me, Ezra 6 and 14. So the elders and the Jews built, and they prospered through the prophets. This would be underlined in your Bible. So the elders of the Jews built, and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo. And they built and finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel and according to the command of Cyrus, Darius. The temple was finished on the third day of the month of Adar. Think about that. Look, break this down. So the elders and Jews built, they prospered through the prophesying of Zechariah and Haggai. Prospered through the prophesying. They built, they prospered through the word. They believed God's word. Can I say that a little different? They believed God's word, put it to work, prospered. They believed God's word. They made it theirs. They said, this is what the Lord says. Now I'm going to put my hand to the plow. 
bam, fried chicken. Watch this, Jeremiah 29 and 11, uh, 10. But thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed, I will visit you and perform my good pleasure, my good word towards you, and cause you to return this place, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you'll call upon me. Listen, listen. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Think about that. So we have this promise that God wants to bless us. Then you, not him, you. Everybody say me. And I will call on him, and he will. There's a divine partnership. You can't get saved just because because it's the will of the Lord. You have to line your heart and your mouth up with what truth is and you have to pray it and believe. You have to believe. Confident assurance of what you cannot see. If you want to change your family, you want to change the, the, the world, you want to change circumstances, you have to get the word and you have to beat the fool out of the devil with that thing and cause your reason to shut. Some of you need to shut up. I mean, constant yapping. Well, it's a large blanket. Don't zip it. It's because you listen to too much outside of the word. I'm, listen, get Friday night's message. Get Friday night's message. It'll help you. I mean, it'll really help you. Powerful word about the word of God and how it's powerful, like a fire. It'll be shut up in your bones. Some of you don't have any fire. Some of you don't have any zeal because you don't got any word shut up in you. I'm going to be encouraged in a minute. Praise God, Pastor. I'm going to get in the word. You've got to partner with it. Partner, a divine partnership. I don't want a partnership with anyone. Well, then you can go to hell if you want to. But what in hell would you want? There ain't nothing there that you want. Some of you are so angry at what happened in your home. So angry at what happened in your first marriage, your second and your third. So angry. So angry at government. So angry at the persecution you experienced. You need to get healed. And you need to take your place in the army of God and partner, have a divine partnership. We're going to change Amsterdam. How? By the power of the Holy Ghost, partnering with God. God's already there. He's waiting for us. I know he's using others, of course. We're going to change Indonesia. We're going to plant churches all over the world. If two of you agree, think about that scripture. If two of you agree, touching anything concerning my will, my Father will do it for you. I'm paraphrasing. Well, th that, that, means, that means there's a required agreement. Some of you in your marriages, you don't have any agreement. You wonder why you got strife. Somebody got to humble out. Somebody got to become Christ-like. Start picking up your BVDs and serving. Take a shower a little bit more often. There's a connectivity. There's connectivity between heaven and earth. Some of you don't realize it. I certainly didn't. Well, oh God, he's good and he's on the throne and he's going to do it. Yeah. And then he calls you by name and he brings you out and he washes and cleanses you and then he gives you access, privilege by his shed blood to boldly come before them and pray and find help in time of need and take steps of faith, what he says, and then see it manifested, see it coming about. There's a divine partnership. Some of you ain't pulling your weight. According, here's another scripture, according to your faith may be done unto you. I don't like that scripture so much and then at the same time, I like it. That means 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow my faith. I'm going to pray, God, give me faith. I'm going to pray, God, help me to have faith. Because according to my faith, it's going to be done unto me. I'm almost done. It's 1021. And we're almost concluded. Divine partnership, say it. Divine partnership. I don't know if you ever work with somebody who doesn't pull their weight. It's one of the most irritating things ever. Play sports with somebody who's lazy and doesn't pull their weight, you know. Doesn't work hard, doesn't practice. You're playing a worship team, maybe. People don't practice. They don't, they don't know their parts. They don't, they don't sing. They, don't, they, don't, they haven't practiced at home. They just show up and expect it's going it, to... It's never good you just show up. I mean, praise God you're showing up and you didn't backslide to hell. But how many of you know you can go to another level? Excellent. The spirit of excellence. Do you have that? God, part, does, God doesn't partnership with sloppy. It's like the Lord just so rebuked me. He's like, I partnered with you. Man, I changed you. I'm changing you. I'm still being changed. I'm I'm still being changed. Come on, somebody. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying. Lazy. He doesn't partner with lazy. Praise God, you're not what you used to be. But you got to continue to work hard, do your part, and believe so that you can become all that God wants you to become. Can you say yes? Let me just throw out a couple prophetic bombs here. One, one, one more thing. We get to personally see, two more things. We get to personally see fulfillment in our lives. His promises. His promises will be fulfilled in your life. And God, uh, here's a question. Can God trust us with the expansion of his kingdom? Now, if he can't, he's going to find somebody else. And one of my heart's cries, God, don't pass us by. Let me throw these bombs out right now. Ushers, would you prepare and get ready to pass out envelopes here in a moment because we're going to give to our project. Ezra 9, pardon me, kind of looks like a 9, but it's the other way around, so it's Ezra 6. Ezra 6, moreover, verse 8, I issue a decree as to what you shall do for the elders of the Jews for the building of this house of God. Let the cost be paid at the king's expense from the taxes of the region beyond the river. And, and he goes on to tell him, I'm, I'm paying for the whole thing. Haggai 2, these are prophetic words over the temple at this time that I'm preaching from in Zechariah. Haggai 2, 4 and 9, there were contemporaries. But be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Je- Josedek, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land. He's talking to you right now. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. And this is what I covenanted with you when I brought you out of Egypt. And my spirit remains among you. Do not fear of COVID-19. I'll just throw that in. Do not fear. This is what the Lord says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace. One more scripture, Zechariah. Chapter 4, 
And so he answered me and said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain and shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to be saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation. His hands will also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who is despised a day of small things? Wow. That is the word that God called me and my wife and my children to Alaska with. That's it right there. That's the word when I'm minding my own business on a run in Kauai and said, I'm sending you. I'm gonna bring a great outpouring in Alaska. And the same with it, there's a, a pipeline from the North Slope to Valdez. I'm gonna do a pipeline of the golden oil of Zechariah. Now you go and study all that out. That's from Zechariah 4 and following 6. God is pouring out his spirit. And I'm so glad to be a part of it for these 14 years and 14 more if the Lord tarries and 14 after that. You know, it's an odd thing to have Pastor Kirsten on staff with us here for, you know, 20 years. He came from another place, been here. God sowed him into this land. It's an odd thing to have a staff that's together for so long. And some of you know, you've been a part of churches. They leave after two and three years. You can't change a region in two or three years. You can't change a state in two or three years. No, you have to get into it. Fight the fight. Decree the word. Divine partnership. In your life, you're going to have to divinely partner with God to see about all the promises that he has for you and your babies come about. Can you say amen? I'm done. Ushers, would you come? We're going to receive our Project Zach offering. If you'd come quickly for the sake of time, thank you so much. You can Giving, you can make out a check to Kings. You can give for these different secure methods. I hope you got something from the Lord. He wants to divinely partner with you. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. Oh, pre-appointed times and seasons he's placed us in. Acts 17. Oh, thank you, Lord, for saving me right on cue. He said, I just got saved a few weeks ago. Perfect. Get to work. Amen. And watch and experience the pleasure of God, the power of God, the goodness of God poured out upon your life. He'll redeem all the years that the locusts have taken. He'll heal your broken heart. He'll heal your broken body. And then he'll use you as a trophy and an example of the grace of God. That when those who look to you, they see, my God, look at that smile. Look at that face. What a miserable wretch they were. But now, what has happened? My God, there's glory shooting out of their face everywhere. Man, how did that happen? Jesus, I gave my life to Jesus and I partnered with his power and his word and he brought about fulfillment of my dreams. I've had joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, there's no one like our God. There's no one like our God. Can you say amen? Wonderful. Come on, let's go. Ushers, would you come? Father, we thank you for the project. We declare it done with shouts of grace, grace. Lord, we've not despised this day of small beginnings, nor will we. 
And I know that there'll be other things that we'll do even beyond here in Alaska and nations around the world. I know that we'll plant churches all in the villages and you'll raise up leaders through KSM. You'll raise up life group leaders. You'll raise up team leaders. We make an agreement with you again. We make a decree again that you are our source and we partner with you. I pray now, bring people from the north, south, east, and west. Gather people who are supposed to be a part of this vision. I call them in prophetically. I let the whistle of the Lord, as it says in Isaiah, you whistle and they come from the ends of the earth. Bring them, those that are supposed to be a part of this vision and fulfill what you've called us to do, to be a people, powerful. Oh, and in your purpose, God, thank you. Thank you for your goodness towards us and that we actually get to participate, to partner, to co-labor with you. In Jesus' name, bless the gift and the giver now. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause fresh free wrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'll testify. After you give, stand up on your feet. This is my testimony. This is my decision. This is my testimony. From death to life, cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'll With every head bowed, if you're not right with God, do not leave this place in that condition. You say, that's me. Want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment? If that's you, pray this prayer right out loud with me. Repeat after me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in our place, to die in my place, and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Let me pray for you, and we'll close in benediction. Father, thank you. Fill each and every one of these that we would have a quickening and awakening to know our role in these end times, to be a people who love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love you, the branch, and we would bring forth fruitfulness as we're connected to you. Supernatural favor and blessing be upon you. Divine appointments, the power of God as you partner with heaven, as you partner with God, that he would release his purposes through you and in you to fulfill all that he said he would do. He would author and finish the good work that he's begun on the inside of every one of us. Now, Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Don't miss tonight, Pastor Chris and Pastor Melissa Davis. It's going to be an amazing time. We love you. We'll see you tonight. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.